0: It takes more than great code to be a great engineer. This is episode 66 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance.
1: And I'm your host, Dave Smith.
0: And this is a podcast where we answer questions from developers about non-developer things. Uh, Not non-developer things. That's the opposite (laughs) of what we do. Developer things that are not strictly technical. That's right. We had a comment from a listener. Actually, this is from my good friend, Murphy Randall. We talked about Uh, conferences a couple episodes ago. And mm-hmm. we mentioned the risk of sending an engineer to a conference and having them get hired away. Murphy says, You didn't mention the fact that your company could be the one hiring the good engineers away. Conferences could be just much more effective recruiting efforts. I don't know about you, but I'm more likely to be recruited by another engineer that I meet at a conference than by some recruiter contacting me. Yep. Which is a good point. It's a two edged sword.
1: Yes, it is. So send your developers and tell them. No interviewing, just hiring.
0: <laughs> Send your developers that are happy.
1: That's right. <laughs> oh
0: man, that could that could get toxic though, right? Because like only the happy developers go; the rest get mad that they don't get sent. <laughs> well, so the happy get just happier, vicious...
1: and the mad get madder. <laughs> yeah, it's a
0: vicious cycle. Um, cool. Should we dive into our first
1: question? Yeah, sure. This one comes from an anonymous listener who writes. I've accepted a position at a company where a cousin is a manager. How can I minimize special treatment and prevent the appearance of favoritism?
0: There are lots of responses to this. <laughs> lots of complexity. <laughs> and it depends a lot on your team and your manager, too, probably.
1: Yeah. I wonder if, in this case, his, the uh, cousin will actually be this person's direct manager. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that, w- that's that would mystery. be trickier. Oh, yeah. Also, I th- I sense there's a little bit of a different relationship at the cousin level than the parent level.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's a little bit less protective, and I was going to say it's less paternal, and that's kind of... That's literally true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a tautology. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, but I guess maybe but, like, it depends on the culture. Like Some cultures might have much more... A stronger bonds, even at the cousin or some, level It depends others. on
0: the cousin, too. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is a cousin that you just don't even like that much.
1: So I had a friend who worked for a small family-run software company, which I, you don't hear about that very often. Yeah. But uh, he said, you know, for months he told me these stories about this guy on the team named Junior. And every time he said Junior, I just thought, oh, he's joking around because this is the boss's son and it was it was the boss's son and i thought oh you're just calling him junior because that's your funny little quip you know derogatory name and and he would tell me all these awful things that he would do and then one day i was like i finally asked him now junior that's just a funny nickname right he's like no his name literally was junior (laughs) Uh, Hmm. anyway it fits so so yeah (laughs) it's like right out of an 80s sitcom or something
0: Yeah, yeah. I imagine he had a backwards baseball cap with, like, a (laughs) chunk of hair sticking out in the middle.
1: Carrying around a big lollipop and making mayhem mischief. (laughs) Oops, ain't
0: I a stinker?
1: (laughs) But Um, it was a huge pain for him because it was like anytime he did anything wrong, it was like now he, you know, he just felt this strange conflict of interest where he couldn't really go to him and complain. He couldn't, you know, it just felt like... It's already hard enough when your coworkers do things poorly to deal with. Now try making their boss, or sorry, yeah, their boss be their parent, you know, or close familial tie or really, really good friend.
0: Yeah. I think, I don't know, like in most situations, I feel like the best thing to do is just to get it all out in the open. I think you should talk to your cousin about your concerns and make sure that uh, your cousin isn't favoring you or appearing to favor you. And then I think you should talk to your team about it too and let them know like, Hey, don't worry just cause the manager is my cousin. Like I want, mm-hmm. I want good, honest, constructive feedback. I don't want you to treat my work any differently. Uh, and, and, and maybe even have your cousin talk to people and say like, listen, he's my cousin, but I'm not going to protect him. He's, he's an employee just like everybody else. Yeah. I, I feel like getting all that out in the open Yeah, I think that seems like a solid answer. I don't know that there's any special protocol that you need to follow.
1: There's like the the protocol where anytime your cousin does anything negative to you, just like make sure they call that out. Like, hey, everyone, look, I just rejected one of my cousin's bug fixes. Just want everyone to see that.
0: Yeah, or I guess the other protocol is um, your cousin is extra harsh on you yeah. <laughs> to try and stomp down the appearance of favoritism. Like clearly, there's no favoritism. How otherwise? Why would I fling these staples at their face all day?
1: <laughs> Maybe you could stage a fake firing, where your cousin <laughs> f- fires you, and then you maneuver your way back into the organization. That'll set all the all the concerns to rest.
0: Yes, that's true. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think just just talking about it, it. It sounds like you are aware of this and and this is the good case of this situation. The bad case is where people want to be favored and mm-hmm. and their relatives want to favor them and yeah. then that just gets really tricky. But if you're aware that it could be a problem and you're worried about it, I think that reflects that you're probably going to handle it well.
1: Yeah, I totally agree and I was going to say the same thing. I think this uh this reflects very well on you.
0: Or in all your pull requests, just put down, like, uh, I mean, do you want to come to the family barbecue or not <laughs> when you're asking for comments on them? Just make it super obvious and explicit.
1: <laughs> Hashtag family barbecue on the line. <laughs> when you're reviewing the following code, be sure to remember I am the manager's cousin.
0: <laughs> now, imagine your children... Without the presents, I was going to give them, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man,
0: yeah I, I I really think you just have an open discussion about it and clear the air a little bit the There's a little more detail in the question that we didn't read, which is uh, there were some jokes about it, and I think jokes are i don't know they're fine. I actually worked with my own cousin at my last full time job. and people Go made ahead. jokes about it, but i don't there wasn't any. There wasn't any nepotism.
1: (laughs) I know. (laughs) I have worked at um, two different companies where there were brothers working, um, but neither of the brothers were in a position of authority that was like one responsible for the other, or I don't think either of them could really benefit. In fact, they shared an office, I think, uh, at one of the companies. Maybe that's
0: worse, because then the little brothers getting noogies all day and... (laughs) has to the older brother makes him smell their armpit or oh <laughs> jeez
1: well i'm not too worried about it <laughs>
0: yeah I, I i think i think you're on the right track it sounds like you have the the correct
1: concerns and that makes me think you'll solve it well oh if you get really concerned about it you could try to force your cousin out of the company mm. through political posturing
0: yeah that's true yeah yeah take over tell yeah. your cousin that if if they value their relationship with you then they'll
1: leave because this company's not big enough for the both of us
0: yeah give all their power to you
1: <laughs> okay all
0: right that that sounds like the canonical answer i think we're done with this question <laughs> i'm gonna read our next question uh this is from a listener named dan First of all, I love the show, especially the sense of humor and not taking yourselves too seriously.
1: What? <laughs> I am offended.
0: Oh, Dan, we're going to implement some filtering so none of the episodes go to you after <laughs> this. Um, thank you, Dan. What are your realistic expectations of a junior front-end developer? <laughs> I.e., how technically bad can they be? I am interested in moving into development soon after three years of being a recruiter. At what point will I be good enough for a junior developer position?
1: At what point? How bad can they be?
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think back when I was a junior developer.
1: Like last month?
0: Yeah. I How guess was I it? still am. <laughs> junior for life. That's right. <laughs> I think this differs at every company, there's different expectations of what junior developer means some companies junior developer means a graduate of a computer science four year degree who has not worked professionally full time yet mm-hmm. and some it just means like this is their first job at some it means they haven't achieved like x years of experience no matter what their background or or work history is um so it it's tricky and it depends yes i i think Personally, that you hire juniors for potential, not for output necessarily. Mm -hmm. So it's it's more to do with the team supporting them than. I mean, mean, if you had enough experience to get hired at any company as a junior developer, you're probably not
1: a junior developer. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's a good. That's like a paradox.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so there's like some subset of companies that are willing to take a chance on people without the experience that uh, that, that other companies demand. And, and I think those companies are looking for potential. Like uh, the, the way I see it is um, you, you don't know how to write code very well. You, you write horrible code, but mm-hmm. it's horrible in different ways every time because <laughs> Not consistently you consistently horrible take feedback well yeah yeah you're like an information sponge right you you do a thing uh-huh. and then someone says like you could try it this way next time and then you try it that way next time in your next feature and someone's like add this new thing on like you you're just adding all these chunks of knowledge and constraints and ability all the time but uh that's yeah i think that's the main thing you you you're just hiring for people that are that will learn really quickly because I don't have a word that goes after because (laughs) I don't know
1: because period that's what my kids always say because (laughs) it's like a complete sentence who did they learn that from Dave (laughs) no it's probably me being sassy (laughs) (laughs) so how let's answer this question how technically bad I think what he's saying is how technically bad can they be and still get a job
0: like and how much do I need to be able to accomplish already?
1: Yeah, but the first time I read that question, I thought he meant how much bad can they do once you hire them? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and I, th- I don't think that's what he's asking. So let's so let's go back to Dan's real question, which I think is like what's the minimum amount of skill that I need in order to get my first developer job? And and he's specifically interested in web front end. So yeah. what do you what do you think that is, Jameson? If I could create an HTML web page, is that enough to be considered a ju- junior developer for web front end?
0: Um, I don't think so. I think nowadays front end encompasses JavaScript application development. That term's kind of morphed over the years, but I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's you, you need some HTML and CSS and JavaScript knowledge. Okay. Um, Just being able to write HTML, I feel like, isn't enough. But again, that depends on the company, and there are some places where that might be.
1: Yeah, like if you go to work for an agency that's cranking out marketing material, you could very Mm -hmm. well get yourself a a position with the title Junior Developer, Cranking Out HTML Pages.
0: Yep. I, I feel like you would need to be able to add a feature... To an existing front-end JavaScript application. Mm-hmm. Add a small, well-defined feature. Okay. Because that's the kind of stuff that gets given to most juniors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it might take you longer, and you might have to ask some questions, but mm-hmm. but you should be able to look at the code and figure out, with some help, how to add it and, and what to do to make it work. Okay. That's very vague, but...
1: Yeah, and you'll probably have... Yeah, I don't even... Yeah, this is so hard to define. Um. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's a pretty good that's a pretty good bar.
0: It's it's tricky, though, because most junior devs uh, that I see nowadays come out of boot camps and they don't work in big code bases. They work on entire applications that they write themselves Mm -hmm. that are relatively small and they're, they're kind of doing it all themselves. But there's not any you don't. Maybe someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but I get the impression that you don't read a lot of code that you don't write. Yeah, uh, yeah. In your bootcamp work. Like you're writing code from scratch or you're kind of working through lessons, but you're not diving mm-hmm. into a large existing application and figuring out how to make it bend to your will, you know?
1: That's consistent with the boot camps that I've seen.
0: But that's that's what most developers do every day.
1: It's reading other people's code and figuring out how to adapt yeah, it. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're you're going into some chunk of the code base that even if you wrote it's it's not yours anymore (laughs) it's kind Mm -hmm. of changed from under you or your knowledge of it has changed and you're trying to finagle it into a new shape um how technically bad can they be (laughs) yeah i i think I mean, we could get into, like, do you need to know all of the frameworks and be, like, know a little bit about all the JavaScript frameworks, or do you pick one? Uh, It doesn't feel interesting to me. I don't want to even say those words.
1: Yeah, it's so hard. It's Uh, a boring discussion anyways. Yeah, (laughs) I'm kind of bored, too. (laughs) (laughs) I... I think when you said information sponge, that was the, probably for me the number one determining factor. If as an employer, if I can detect that even though you don't have a ton of experience developing software, if I can detect that you are really fast at gobbling up knowledge and synthesizing it effectively, then I am much more inclined to hire you as a junior developer, because I know that you'll grow quickly, but if you seem to be, I'll just use this somewhat derogatory term, a one trick pony who it's like, you know, I mastered this one language, this one tool that I can apply only in narrow ways, then I'm less likely to hire you. But then again, there are companies that will. So I think this is what makes this such a hard question to answer. There are so many different profiles for junior developers that, that companies might want to hire into and I think it's very unlikely that a company like Google, for example, would hire someone like Dan um, mm-hmm. at this point. But I think it is very likely that uh, a company like an agency or or any number of other companies would hire a, a person like Dan. So it's like, I think this is an impossible question to answer, basically, is what it comes right down to.
0: Yeah. I think what i meant by information sponge was both you absorb information really quickly but also you you seek out answers really uh intensely which does not sound like a sponge at all
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like this it's a very proactive yeah <laughs> yeah aggressive killer sponge <laughs> yeah. it's a carnivorous um walking yeah, sponge it's a
0: <laughs> it's like a a, a you know, have you ever seen, like, with those wolf spiders? Mm-hmm. Imagine that, but a sponge.
1: There's, like, a, it's like a sponge riding on the back of a wolf spider. Yeah. Soaking like up sp- knowledge and attacking every problem.
0: It's it's mighty steed. <laughs> because people are going to explain stuff to you, um, but also there's going to be a ton of stuff that no one will explain to you that you you have to seek out the answers to, mm-hmm. and the most successful juniors that I've worked with are really good at seeking those answers out instead of waiting for them to be delivered to them. And and myself and people around juniors will often, if you see someone struggle long enough, you'll kind of like dive in and help them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of the times there's an expectation that like you should have done more work to, <laughs> to try and figure this out or get help or, or investigate mm-hmm instead mm-hmm. of just, like, sitting at your desk for three days not getting anything done. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's that's the frustrating part. It's not like, oh, you don't know this syntax of the language. Like, of course you don't. You've never seen it before. It's it's you didn't put work in to figure out your problem.
1: Right, and sometimes that work comes in the form of trying to approach it from a different angle. Like, oh, I couldn't get this to work. Maybe I'll try that. Maybe I'll poke it from this direction. Or maybe if I take yeah, yeah. this, you know, and it's like just trying combinations of things and... and uh, I don't know. It's like you could stare at a Rubik's cube and look at it and be like, "I have no idea how to solve this," or you could just start spinning it and and seeing what patterns emerge. You know, and I think that's the best. Developers will just start spinning things. They'll start poking things with sticks, running it with different configuration, tweaking the code, seeing how it affects things. You know, and and just trying all these different things. And yeah, or
0: or proactively asking people something besides just kind of getting stuck because that's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's the thing that's personally frustrating for me of working with juniors is when they, they don't move forward uh, or, or they don't move at all when they're stuck.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I, have the same, I have the same pet peeve, which also can be an indication that your processes are broken, but that you know, if, if your junior developers are getting stuck a lot and not feeling like they have an obvious solution to that. Um, but that's a separate topic, I think.
0: My processes are impeccable. <laughs> they're spotless and perfect above and I resent that
1: <laughs> you take yourself so seriously Jameson that's the problem here
0: yeah yep hmm at what point will I be good enough one uh, more chunk of feedback is um, you should probably try before you feel like you're good enough mm-hmm because the market is so hot that it's likely that you will get <laughs> you will get an offer before you are good enough
1: mm-hmm absolutely
0: Waiting around for some feeling that you know everything we talked about imposter syndrome last week. And, and lots of people go through their whole career feeling like they don't know enough to do yeah. whatever thing yeah. they're currently doing. So yep. waiting until you feel like you know enough um, is is risky.
1: I think if I waited till I felt like I knew enough or was, quote, good enough, I'd still be waiting. Yeah. I'm, you get good enough by doing.
0: Yep. That's the title of our live Mandolin bluegrass album. Get that we're getting good enough by doing? Yeah, and we're <laughs> gonna learn the mandolin live on the album.
1: That's right. <laughs> I'll never publish It'll our first the album if we don't start garbage. playing the stream. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's really a motivational tool. People will listen to it and be like, if Jameson and Dave can like drop their instruments on the ground on stage on accident i can apply for this job
1: on accident (laughs) whoops i'm still working on how to hold it
0: (laughs) yeah but i'm trying this is the mvp album
1: (laughs) (laughs) minimum if you don't launch when
0: you're embarrassed you waited too long dave that's That's why we're going Uh, live (laughs) there's
1: really only two kinds of bluegrass artists
0: (laughs) yeah all those those people that are professionals and experts obviously they waited too long oh yeah oh yeah too conservative (laughs) uh uh, yeah be be bold like our band
1: just like our non-existent band (laughs) what's that (laughs) just be bold like our non-existent band
0: yep okay any other feedback
1: for mr dan question answered
0: all right good luck dan let us know how it goes if you're looking for junior developers, talk to Dan. <laughs> if you're looking for some wisdom, <laughs> then go to softskills.audio, click the link on that page that will give you a Google form you can fill out, and uh, we'll answer your question when we get to it. We really appreciate you sending all your questions in. They're fascinating. We we feel like we learn things by talking about them with each other, and we hope you enjoy listening to them. If you enjoy the show, please tweet it, share it, share it with friends, share it with enemies, Enemies will become friends as you share the show. That's the power of soft skills engineering. Uh, And with that, we'll catch you next week.